This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards in Franklin and Washington, the founding partnership. Pulitzer Prize winning historian Edward J. Larson delivers a masterful, first of its kind, dual biography of Benjamin Franklin and George Washington, revealing their partnership centrality to the American founding and their enduring relevance. Vastly different men, Benjamin Franklin, abolitionist, freethinker from the urban north, and George Washington, slaveholding general from the agrarian south, were the indispensable, indispensable authors of American independence and the two key partners in the attempt to craft a more perfect union of the Constitutional Convention, held in Franklin's Philadelphia and presided over by Washington. And yet their teamwork has been little remarked upon in the centuries since. Edward J. Larson received the Pulitzer Prize in History for Summer for the Gods, the Scopes Trial and America's Continuing Debate over Science and Religion. He's the co-author of Modern Libraries, the Constitutional Convention, a narrative history from the notes of James Madison, and the author of Return of George Washington, Uniting the States, 1783-1789, and A Magnificent Catastrophe, the Tumultuous Election of 1800. America's first presidential campaign. He was an inaugural library fellow at the Fred W. Smith National Library for the study of George Washington. Larson is university professor of history and holds the Hugh and Hazel Darling Chair in Law at Pepperdine University. He's a graduate of Harvard Law School and received his Ph.D. in history from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Makes his home in California and joins me now here on Speaking of Writers. Edward, welcome to this program. Thank you very much for having me. So what led you to both Franklin and Washington? Franklin and Washington came about because I have been teaching history. It seems like now forever. But I taught, I taught American history for 20 years at the University of Georgia. And when you cover that period, of course, the two indispensable people of the revolutionary era, both the Revolution and the Constitutional Convention and ratification are are George Washington and Ben Franklin. If you look at any historian who covers the period, it doesn't matter whether they're primarily covering Washington or primarily covering Franklin, whether it be a biography by Isaacson or whether it be a biography by by Chernow, they'll all agree that the two indispensable people in the revolution were Franklin and Washington. The others, sure, they were important, Jefferson and Adams. But even Jefferson and Adams would say the same thing. Back at the time, Jefferson said, there are two people who will go down in history as key, Franklin and Washington, and the rest of us, well, we're the rest of them. And so if you have this sense that they were the two key people, then you sit there and wonder, you know, there hasn't been a book looking at the two of them, looking at their inner relationship. When I tackled the project, I was basically just, just curious as a person who had been a leadership studies um, student, a student of leadership studies all the way back to my time as a, as a student of James McGregor Burns, I was interested, how did these two people work together? If they were the indispensable people in both the revolution and ratification constitution, how did they work together? Now, you can think of most joint biographies, they tend to be a sort of mentor-mentee relationships, hierarchical relationships like Washington and Hamilton or, or Jefferson and Madison or later Lincoln and his team of rivals. But here was a case of two giants. So if you want to think of a parallel that, that makes sense to most people, think of 
Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Winston Churchill in World War II. We all know that they were both indispensable to defeating Hitler. But they both had had a long background. They had independent authority. They were independent actors. We know that they worked together quite well. They had a working relationship that was essential. So I was curious, how did these two people work together? As it turns out, they are both very comfortable in their own skin. They never were backbiting rivals. They weren't well to go back to World War II. They were never Montgomery and Patton. No, they worked together closely and well because they were comfortable with who they were. They both knew they had different skills. They both knew the importance of their roles. And so I was sort of looking for that. Then when I got into it, when I started, I figured I'd go unpack whenever they came together, how they worked together through their letters, through their correspondence, through their own writings, um, through the writings of other people. As I got into it, I found out that not only did they work together well, they actually became friends of a sort. They referred to themselves as friends. They became, they socialized together. When Washington comes to the Constitutional Convention, the first place he goes is to Franklin's home, and he opens a, a cask of, of best bitter just delivered over from, from England because they both loved bitter. That's a form of beer. Actually, it was porter that they opened. Um, and they, because they were already friends by this time, and they greet each other, their letters become increasingly warm with signs of affection going back and forth. It wasn't, it was never like Washington and Hamilton, but it was a friendship as well as a critical partnership. And they never, they never became rivals in the sense of of Jefferson and Adams, who ended up having been friends, became bitter rivals. Now, they worked together for their common shared interest, and those interests were, became American independence, individual rights, individual liberty, um, and a sovereign country that could maintain its, its, its status. They, were, they ended up having a similar, overlapping, not identical, but overlapping goals and objectives, and they worked together toward those. Edward J. Larson is my guest here on Speaking of Writers. His new book is Franklin and Washington, The Founding Partnership. Edward, when did this relationship begin? That's one thing that surprised me with my research, because I always think of the two of them together during the Revolutionary War, but it went back a half generation before that, into the mid-1750s, so 20 years before the Revolution, uh, during the French and Indian War. By that time, Franklin had risen from nothing, from being a a runaway indentured servant, an immigrant from Boston into Philadelphia, to the top of Philadelphia society, become extremely wealthy as a printer and entrepreneur with a chain of businesses, and then a political leader who, during the French and Indian War, is put in command, virtual command of the whole state. But the French and Indian War had happened when the French had invaded the Ohio country, when the Ohio country basically is western Pennsylvania, eastern Ohio. Ohio, West Virginia, the Ohio River Valley centered around Pittsburgh. The French had invaded it from Canada. That area was claimed by both Pennsylvania and by Virginia, just simply because of the way the land grants were, were written from the British. Both sides claimed the area around Pittsburgh. Now, when the French moved in and with their Native American allies, they started massacring the people of Pennsylvania. The Quakers 
didn't believe in self-defense, didn't believe in military. So they basically turned the government over to the non-Quakers, which meant Franklin was in charge. And Franklin is made the commander-in-chief of the militia. So he's leading the Pennsylvania militia, defending the frontier. Meanwhile, Washington, who was younger, had inherited from his brother when his brother died, basically being commander-in-chief of the Virginia militia. So they're both out in the Ohio country defending the frontier, and that's when they first come together. They develop, through their shared interest in protecting the frontier, they work together during the French and Indian War, they get together often, um, and they learn certain common things. They both learn to distrust the British. The British will happily tax them without representation, won't defend the frontier, um, will take it away from them, will not treat colonials equal to the British, so that um, even though Washington is colonel in charge of the Virginia militia, he's below every um, British officer, which is, he doesn't feel is right. And finally, with Braddock's defeat and the ultimate victory through a combined unified militia, they learn that the colonies need to act together, not individually. You're not a Pennsylvanian or Virginian. You're an American. And us, we can we can beat the British Oh, for all the vaunted glory of the British Army, on the frontier, we're better fighters. And they brought all that to the revolution. It made them willing to fight for independence and believe that the Americans could actually beat the British back on the frontier and in the colonies. Chatting with Edward J. Larson here, Pulitzer Prize winner. His new book is Franklin and Washington, The Founding Partnership. All right, Edward, what is their enduring relevance? The enduring relevance comes, I think, in two ways. One, the enduring relevance of it's not what happens in the French and Indian War. It's what happens in the Revolution and the Constitutional Convention, where they go to the Second Continental Congress at the outbreak of the Revolutionary War, and they are the two superstars. Because of what they've already done, they're the two superstars. They're both known as as wise when it comes to military issues, Franklin, who has since gone over and been the representative in London of, of a half dozen colonies, is known for his diplomatic skills and his connections in Europe. So they work together during the revolution. Franklin pushes Washington to be the commander-in-chief. Franklin then, and what with Washington's support, becomes the lead diplomat in Europe. And together through the war, they managed to successfully bring the war to a successful conclusion. They be, Sure, they needed the troops. Sure, they needed others. But they were the two indispensable ones. And then they come back together in drafting the Constitution. And the Constitution, on most things, they're see eye to eye. A few things they differ. We end up with the final product of their joint work. That has ongoing significance. The other area is to simply, as a leadership studies, of how two great people with independent statures, uh, not in a hierarchical way, but in a, in, in a pairing, can work together. And so we can see certain traits. Sure, they were different. You mentioned the ways they were different. One was a northerner, one was a southerner, one favored a supported slavery, one opposed slavery, certainly had a lot of differences. One was a planter, the other was a, uh, an urban businessman. But yet, as leaders, they were remarkably similar in the sense that they both listened 
more than they spoke. They both willingly gave credit to others because they were comfortable who they were. These are skills of leadership that just simply work. They both, um, they both were willing to, as I say, share the credit. They were both willing, they both were principled people who had their goals, protecting property rights, protecting individual liberty, protecting American sovereignty. But to get there, they were willing to compromise on means. So they would be compromised on how you get there, never on ends, on means. And so those turns out to be certain skills that make them successful if they're at a meeting, if they're at a convention, if they're a government leader. They also both did not view themselves as primary politicians. They viewed them primarily as, you know, people from the business people or or planters, private people who then go into public service as a matter of service. And they don't take pay for it. Washington doesn't take pay. He just takes his expensive. Washington donates his salary to the veterans and to the soldiers. And then they serve as a matter of public service. But then they both want to go back into private life. And that creates a, a, a legacy in America of Republican rule, of citizen rule, of civilian rule, of uh, uh, of the military being subservient to the to to uh, the elected popular government, they both believed in in republican rule, as Washington put it in his inaugural, a government of the people. And back then, that was totally new because the whole rest of the world was monarchies or or dictatorships of some sort. They they truly believed in something new under the sun: government of the people, with individual rights, and that those individual rights mattered more than government power. It's a masterful first-of-its-kind dual biography of Benjamin Franklin and George Washington, revealing their partnership's centrality to the American founding. Franklin and Washington, The Founding Partnership is the book. The author is Edward J. Larson. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me on the program. And this is Speaking of Writers, and that is Capital Region Sunday, a production of Town Square Media Albany. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week with another edition. I'm Steve Richards.